What's going on, everyone? This is Mitch from RespectMyRegion.com, back with another episode of the North American Weed Tour podcast. We are looking at the best in legal cannabis across the map. Today, I'm joined by special guest Jason Vygoski of Pedal Fast. How are you doing today, Jason? I'm doing great, man. Just uh, in Chicago today and uh, happy to join you. Out, out in the shy. I, I guess I didn't, I didn't give you the proper titles. A co-founder, CEO, man. You know, make sure I, I represent you properly, Jason. Uh, teammate, man. I'm just a, I'm just a, I'm just a teammate at Pedal Fast. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we'll we'll pay you know we'll pay respect, right? The you know the 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 PR team. They're gonna want you to be you know listed, right? I I, I know that I know the drill, man. Uh, but I also know the drill as being a you know founder and and the t- towards the top of the food chain also means in the startup world you got you got to do a little bit of everything, man. It's not that glorious at times. Yeah, no, it's uh, this is my this is my fourth company, and every time I realize that um, you know when you start something from scratch, you got to do a little bit of everything, and um, that's what our whole team is really. I mean, we got a lot of people who um, are comfortable wearing any hat, and, and that's what's made us successful thus far. That's that's what you need need to do, especially while you're lean. So, you know, I kick off every episode with, um, you know, the guest around my or a question around my guest origin story with the plant, the plant being cannabis. So whether that's personal, professional, whatever you feel you know comfortable in sharing, I'm kind of curious your journey with cannabis. When, when, when did that relationship or that journey start? Yeah, it's an interesting one, man. I um, on the East Coast, so I grew up in Philadelphia and uh, my whole life growing up was around basketball. I played college basketball at Bucknell. Um, geez, I got pissed test 10 times a year. Uh, so like in college, you really you really couldn't mess around back then. Um, it's not like it is today. Um, so I didn't I didn't really have a relationship uh, growing up with cannabis um, other than my boys um, and, and, and seeing all that. You know, but on the East Coast, it's certainly different than the West Coast. But um, for me, I grew up around wine and liquor distribution pretty much my whole life. My dad was a salesperson at one liquor company um, in New Jersey for 44 years. So building brands, distribution, off, on-premise, off-premise, all the things that comes with getting brands in the market um, and really uh, allowing a consumer to touch them is is what I grew up around. And it wasn't until, geez, after I worked there after school for a little bit, I worked in the wine and liquor space, I then built a natural food brand, which we were lucky enough to sell. Um, that sounds great, but I fucked it up every which way you could possibly mess up a brand. And uh, so I learned the hard way and, I, and I've been a brand owner and a brand operator in the natural food space. Then I got into cannabis and I grew, I went out to Colorado and I wanted to get into the space because I love a white space. I love to be able to build. I love the business development. And I said, you know what, this market from strictly a business perspective is a is a gold mine from not necessarily from a dollars and cents standpoint, from the fact that nothing is built and there's going to have to be a lot of things built in order for this industry to be successful. So I want to get um, I spent six, six months in Colorado and I decided to buy a contract for butane gas out of bankruptcy. And my first cannabis venture was. Um, building a national distribution uh, network. And uh, we sold butane, propane, isobutane to all the labs in the country. And this is six, seven years ago when vape was just, you know, really taking off, edibles was booming, you know, manufacturing was booming, the solventless revolution hasn't really started yet. So butane was really it, right? And uh, when I got in this space, I said, I don't know shit about this space and I don't know anything about this plant. 
and I learned uh, I learned crash courses as fast as I can. Um, and the thing that for me, um, I rarely drink anymore. Um, and cannabis is the one thing that can take uh, everything off of my mind and let me relax because I'm somebody that doesn't stop. I'm somebody that uh, thinking about the next thing. I'm somebody that wants to win and, and really won't take time to myself outside of work or, or my kids unless I'm forced to. And cannabis is something for me where um, my mind's off of everything and, and I can just relax. So I've really grown um, into a, a, a daily user, uh, mostly at night, and something that uh, has, has changed my life in a positive way. Um, we all have kind of the, the family member story who has, who has been sick, and I've seen that and seen the, the benefits of that. Um, but ultimately for me, like for the first time in my life, uh, I have something that allows me to relax. And, and for anybody who knows, knows me well, like me relaxing is a, is a good thing. And uh, it's been fun, man. In, in seven years, I feel like I've really learned um, everything about the space from a business perspective. And, and I continue to learn um, from books like you, who's been in this way longer than me on the West Coast, uh, about the plan and, and about the different ways to consume. I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing. I love doing this Just help break the stigma and share these stories of why we all got into to cannabis. And, the, you know, the can, that's the root of what we're all doing here, whether it's, you know, media and ciliary or actually handling handling the plants. You know, that, that's that's the reason we're here. But your, your background's unique, right, that you worked in, you know, or whether you worked in or had that that experience right with the with the alcohol industry um, and then also, you know, natural foods. And, and so there's two different things I feel like that draw a lot of parallels to cannabis. Some people love making parallels. Some people like fucking hate all, any parallel to specific parallels, whatever. I think, uh, I think they're all important and I think game could be learned. You know, some of the best game I've learned for my business has been from like real estate guys, even though what I specifically do has absolutely nothing to do with real estate. There's just certain components, principles, mindset, and just understanding how business works that transfers over. What are some of those things in your in your previous life outside of cannabis that you feel like really equipped you specifically for this space? Well, actually, I think that the natural food and building the brand, um, we built a beef jerky brand and uh, did a crazy story. I was in a Wegmans food store on the, on the East Coast and some guy comes up to me and he's like, hey, do you uh, do you bring this beef jerky in the Wegmans? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm just like buying a bottle of, of whiskey right now. No, I'm good. And But I'm like, hey, I'm in the wine and spirit space. Maybe I can help you get in some beer shops. Like there's jerky in beer shops. And I ended up sitting down with this guy for lunch. And it turns out he went to Duke undergrad. He went to UCLA Law School and he left everything to start a beef jerky company. I'm like, this guy is so fucked up. Like, I am totally in for working with this guy. And the brand was called Lawless Jerky because law made him less happy. And, and it was a five-year run, and, and I learned so much from it. But the, the alcohol beverage model of distribution that I grew up around does not overlay cannabis perfectly. Well, you know, you go talk to somebody from Diageo, go talk to somebody from Southern Wine and Spirits, and they'll come in and be like, oh, we're just going to crush this space because we've been in distribution forever, right? We know how to build brands. Like, cool. You know, why don't you come in and how many how many uh, big-time alcohol beverage executives have we seen come into cannabis and fall flat on their face because they act like they know everything, yeah. right? So I think 
understanding how to manage salespeople, understanding how to build relationships, and understanding for us at PedalFest how to sell a portfolio or things that we took from alcohol beverage, right? What we do is we sell 20 brands or so, and we got we to gotta build a lot of them, right? And, and how to push and how to pull and how to, how to uh, prioritize all of them without prioritizing all of them at once is like a special skill. And I think we've taken that from, from alcohol beverage. But on the food side, our business model is modeled after companies like Acosta Sales and Marketing, uh, Advantage Sales and Marketing, CA Fortune. And um, how to work with chains like a Whole Foods and a Kroger was something that is really important that overlays very well with, with like a MedMen or, or an MSO. Um, but ultimately, how do you get your brand onto the shelf? And then on the being on the brand side, when I was building the beef jerky was... I made all the mistakes that I'm seeing brands make right now. Like just because you have a bag on the shelf doesn't mean you're a brand. You know, that's a product. And and there's so many people that come to us and they're like, hey, you know, I want to take this brand uh, across the country. And I'm like, well, how are you how are you connecting with consumers? And they can't even answer that question. Right. Brand building is building a relationship with consumers one way or another and making them feel a certain way when they consume that product. As, a, as a, a distributor or a sales organization, our job is to put you in position to meet that consumer, right? Mm-hmm. You got to be on the shelf in the right spot at the right time because when Joey Bredo walks in the door, right, we got to smack him right in the face with this new brand, right? And it's got to it grab his attention. So our team really takes pride in making sure that we get the right products in the right place at the right time to meet that consumer. And then the difference between the good brands and the and, and the brands that are not as successful is how do you take that and connect mm. with that consumer i see burner in the background on your book there it's like cookies connects with the consumer yeah. right in a, in a very well in a very good way so i think for me uh the alcohol beverage space doesn't overlay perfectly the natural food space doesn't uh overlay perfectly but we've taken bits and pieces from both models and we've turned it into our own model and, it, and it's been doing pretty well in cannabis Right. I mean, at the end of the day, building a brand, right, is going to be building a brand, whether you're selling toothpaste, whether you're selling sneakers, obviously certain things touch elements of culture or, you know, different demographics of people that are, have a higher maybe engagement rate with brands and, and, and the culture around brands. Right. But at the end of the day, you can learn things from these these different, uh, you know, different industries and different experiences. They all kind of, you know, can can pave pave the a little bit of the road going into another space. Um, and then one of the things that's, you know, unique about Pedal Fast, right, from what I've been following you guys is, right, a lot of people focus on distribution. A lot of people focus on sales, but there's not a lot of people that kind of bend both those worlds along with marketing and, and a word, the keyword that I see in a lot of your guys' material is like accelerator. Um, you know, kind of, I think even on your website, you guys categorize it into like, for people that are going there to look for information, it's like, are you an existing brand looking to go further or are you just starting out and, and trying to get started? And is that true? Kind of the two different ideal fits for you guys are kind of like a more base route and then somebody that might have something established and is willing to take it to the next level. Yeah, let's talk about a brand that is just trying to get in the market. Like, what do you even do if you're coming into cannabis? Like, it, it, there's distributors, there's no distributors, there's there's little distributors, there's self-distribution. There's so many ways to get to market right now that it almost confuses people. And the thing that we learned early on when we talked, and we talked to hundreds of brands, they don't have a plan. And, and, and if you're going to build a brand, the first thing you should probably do is talk to a retailer. And, and make sure that the retailers are on board with your plan, because ultimately they're the gatekeeper to you succeeding or not succeeding. And I can't tell you how many people that come to me, they're like, 
bro, I grow the, I grow fire. Like I'm going to get $30 an eighth. I'm like, okay, you're going to get $30 an eighth. You know, like fire sells for like $18 an eighth now in California. Uh, so I don't know where you're getting that information from. And they're like, oh, my boy told me it's like, you know, $28, $30 an eighth. I'm like, yeah, three years ago. So we have a program called Pilot and the Pilot program is aimed at brands. This is like the incubator program, aims at brands um, or new product launches that are just getting out there and need to get feedback. It's a soft launch before the hard launch. So the goal is in, in 90 days, you're going to sit down and you're going to meet with 90 or uh, 45 buyers, 50 buyers in a 90 day period of time, top 50 retailers, uh, top 50 of the hundred retailers in the state. And you're going to have the ability to not just like, you, you know how weed is sold in cannabis. It's like seven emojis, then a THC percentage, and then four fire emojis after that. that that's nice. And it gets the job done. And right. Some of our salespeople do a pretty good job and, and are the best emoji salespeople on the planet. However, when you're building a brand in day one, you want to tell your story. So we allow our brands to come in, have 20, 30 minutes, sit down um, with the buyers and tell the story. And then you come out of it and you either go, you know what? I got something here. These buyers want this product and they love this product. Or you come out of it and you go, oh, shit, uh, the $30 eighth is no longer. I better change my business plan because I'm going to have to figure this out at $18 an eighth. Either way, you just won in that program because mm. you know what you need to win right from the horse's mouth. So that's the incubator program. We call it Pilot. Um, it's run by Crystal McLean, who has done a great job of uh, building the best team in the industry um, and then getting buyers on board to see the light. Because not only does it help brands, but it helps buyers to see what's new out there, what's coming, who's winning, who's losing. Um, so it's been a big success for Pedal Fast launching that. And then the other piece is, is, um, is the accelerator. This is the mothership where we are... We've got a full 18-person sales team um, out, out in the uh, in California alone. Uh, we're launching Arizona. We're launching Michigan. We're launching Massachusetts in the next 90 days. I'm sure we can go into expansion soon. Um, but our we got we got a sales team, and then what we have invested in that is differentiated from the rest of our competition is a full-service field and trade team. Um, we have 13 of the best uh, territory field managers in the space. I would put our, our trade and marketing team up against any sales team in the space. That's how good they are. Um, they're building relationships alongside of our 18 salespeople, and then they're managing about 75 brand ambassadors. Okay, So the, the 13 field managers are managing 75 brand ambassadors, mm -hmm. and we are able to do all the demo work. When it's Saturday takeover day, we're able to staff that. Um, and we're able to bring your marketing to life at scale. Um, I was talking to uh, the guys at MedMen the other day, and they're like, nobody can do an 11 o'clock demo in every single one of our stores on a Tuesday on the same day, right? <laughs> and we can do that across the entire state and, and soon across the entire country. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a couple things I want to drill down on there. And, and one of them was, was you know, this pilot program. Uh, and, and in relation to one of the questions I had prepared for you was like, you know, in the state of California, super competitive. It's it's pretty mature, even though rec recreational cannabis hasn't been there as long as, say, you know, Washington or Colorado. I always say that the consumer, the accessibility of cannabis and the branding of cannabis, it's definitely the most mature in that market, which can be the most challenging for entering the market or an existing brand that wants to launch a new SKU. So outside of like the pilot program, what, what are some of those things that you feel like or I, and it might just be what you what you expressed of like meeting with buyers, but in finding kind of that product market fit, whether it's a new brand or a new skew for for a brand, is it 
uh, or an existing brand? Do you really put that around kind of meeting with buyers and meeting with the retail? And is that the majority of what you need to know or what else goes into kind of finding that product market fit? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question. I was actually talking to a, to a couple investors today um, here in Chicago about this. I scratch my head sometimes, man. I got people come to me and they're like, dude, I got the greatest product in the world. I'm like, there's seven people in the whole country that want that product. Like, if we're going to build a product for a market, let's let's understand how big that market is first. Okay, because we're going to need some revenue to flow through whatever product you're building to have a sustainable business. Um, and in cannabis, like I use beverage as an example. Now, I believe in beverage and I believe in beverage long term. Right. But ultimately, it's a pretty small market right now. Right. The shelf size, there's about four brands on average, probably in the average retail store. How many brands in California are there for those four spots? Like legitimately 50 beverages. OK, so understanding how big is your market? understanding and, and being humbled. If you haven't been humbled in cannabis about the competition, right? this is hard. This is not the green rush. This is hard. And understanding the competitive landscape and, and how you're going to differentiate yourself. right? How, there, there are so many products that are just copycat products with a different label on it. That's not going to get it done. Unless you tell me you got more money than everybody else, it's just not going to get it done. Um, so we're always looking at market size and we're looking at, are you truly differentiated from a price point? From a from consumer awareness perspective, from a um, product perspective, right? Is it is it better? We hear everything is better, right? How many times do you hear you you grow the best weed in the in in the, in the state? Yeah, like, I've, I've been that. hearing that for decades. <laughs> yeah. So um, you got to be differentiated, and if you're going to do this thing, you might as well go after something with the real market, right? Um, there's some interesting products out there, and, and again, there's seven people that want that product in the whole state. Like let let's let's think about something that can be a bit bigger. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's great game. And I, and I definitely see, you know, I, I'm not sure why I see that as a mainstay issue. I'm not sure why cannabis is so unique. Maybe it's not, maybe all businesses, everyone has, you know, very. <laughs> un unique Bro, we, ideas. Don't need, we don't need, Oh my God. I just got, this was, this was about eight months ago. Okay. I, I'm not going to say the name of the product, but I will tell you what the product is. And I'm just sitting there like, what the fucking world am I in right now? Because this dude is like, listen, Jason, I really want you to help me launch this product. It, it, oh, by the way, the guy is not even in this country. And he's like, I want you to help me launch this product. We're going to really execute on this. We see the, the market is, is coming towards this product. I'm like, oh, this is exciting. And the dude's like, I got a 10 milligram lipstick. Okay. The talent, it's going gonna, it's gonna to revolutionize cannabis, a 10 milligram lipstick. And I'm sitting there and like, okay. How big is the lipstick market in cannabis right now? I, I don't see this happening. And then my guy's like, okay, not only I'm thinking like, hey, maybe it can go by the register if it's like three bucks or something or five bucks, right? It's a little impulse product. You're like, oh shit, there's some lipstick with 10 milligrams. Then the, my guy comes on and he's like, yo, this is a hundred dollar product. Okay. So now I'm just like, okay. Um, well, have you talked to any buyers yet? And he's like, no. So this is where I'm just like, okay, uh, we got to start thinking and getting really smart before we launch products uh, because there's just not a market for that. And maybe yeah. I'm wrong, uh, but I get to see a lot of products and I get to talk to a lot of buyers. And I got a good feeling that this lipstick is, is going to struggle to find enough consumers um, to be able to actually win. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, investing in that one personally. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to get Joe. I'm going to get Joey some lipstick. 
for yeah, hey, 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 he you could be, I mean? you know, he could be the model, man. He he could be the one. He might be able to take it where it needs to go. Um, on on the conversation of your guys's like field marketing, right? Like in all the challenges of marketing in in cannabis, right? The restrictions online and the difficulties that exist. Even obviously, I preach. SEO all day, but SEO is still something you got to build and take over time, right? For those brands that are really trying to attack and get the brand out there, getting in the street, you know, the street team, being in the streets, that's tried and true for, you know, I come from music, right? That's like the backbone of that entire industry is just getting in the streets, touching people, making sure you're in the right places. In cannabis, it seems like, you know, there's really two, right? It's, it's meeting or meeting the customer in the dispensary is like, is the main spot. Or obviously we have events where cannabis consumers and industry people gather, which could be equally as impactful, but you know, the dispensary is obviously a great place because they, whatever they see, they can purchase it right there. Um, What does it take like in field marketing? What does it take to be successful in that? And what are some of the things that you see is like, and I don't want to necessarily have you spill the secrets to everyone, but is under that you've noticed is just underutilized, not by you guys, but by the market as a whole in, in field and trade marketing. Yeah. First off, like I'm totally transparent about things. Like we're not creating uh, like some new invention to like, uh, you know, do heart surgery or something. I mean, at the end of the day, we're selling weed and we're doing demos, right? But what I'll tell you is we execute better than anybody out there. Like we have the best people and we execute like a motherfucker. Like we crush it in the field. Um, and what it always comes down to is retail relationships. And this is a new industry where we are building relationships all day. Why I love doing demos is actually not necessarily to build that relationship with the consumer all day. Cause I'm probably going to touch 20 different consumers, right? But what I tell brands is the most important thing hang out for three hours and do a demo, you are going to befriend every single tender in that store and make sure you leave those samples because you just taught them how to fish, right? And by the time you leave, if they really like your product and they give it to you, right? And you give them samples and they can smoke it, they are going to be selling your product when you leave. So demos and touching that consumer. Yes, I want to learn. I want to see the reaction. I want to see how they feel about the brand, but I also want to be there and understand the bud tender and get them involved. It is so incredibly valuable to have your brand be in a retail store, to hang out with the bud tenders in that store for you know three hours typically. That's a huge, huge thing. And to do it at scale is even, is even harder. So from a field marketing perspective, your first, I don't care if it's your two stores you're going after, five stores. When you get into your first stores, you really have to give love to the bud tenders. You got to give love to the store itself. And the best way to do that is, is getting swag into the stores, getting samples into the stores, and have a presence in showing that retailer and bud tender that you care about the product you have in the stores. Um, so we see that, yes, SEO and digital and all those things and driving traffic are important, right? But it's all centered around driving traffic into retailers. And once you drive that traffic in the retailer, there are so many brands in the store. Like there's too many brands mm-hmm. in the store. And how do you get one to catch catch that consumer's eye and get that trial? Right? It's typically going to be a demo or, or a bud tender pushing it. Um, and then the other piece is, is just quality. I mean, doing demos, there's a lot of turnover in that space, right? Treating people right, being a team, leading them to the promised land. And I think one of the things that I'm most proud of at, or at, um, at Pedal Fast is um, the path that we show people and we have we have uh brand ambassador programs we then have field and trade marketing programs um and and employees we then have uh sales we then have directors and we want the best people who come in hand out to climb that ladder we want to pro- promote from within 
Um, when you get with PedalFast and you and you're working with PedalFast, I don't care if you're 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 press. I don't care if you're a potential employee or a brand or a retailer. You're gonna really really be attracted to the culture that we bring, and that starts at the brand ambassador level to the field and trade marketing level, um, and and it carryovers into the retail side of things. So the culture of of your company and the type of people that we hire, we take a lot of pride in, and it and it typically trans over into the happy that retailer and that brand. I, I love that. And and putting that emphasis on, you know, the, the relationship with the bud tenders in the store, right? Because a lot of people are going to think of that as I'm, I'm going to do a PAD or a vendor day and I'm trying to touch customers, trying to touch customers. But that relationship with the read, not just the retailer in general you know, or the buyer there, but those bud tenders there is imperative. And, and I like what you said. I mean, turnover is high. So a bud tender at one store today could be a bud tender at another store. So or they could be a buyer at another yeah. store tomorrow, right? The other thing that I think is really important to talk about is like the consumer itself. Okay. In, in traditional CPG, the most uh, highly sought after consumer is the, the premium shopper. Right. And my God, how many brands come to, we're building the most premium cannabis brand ever. And I'm like, that's great, dude. The consumer is not in dispensary selling this to. Right. And Bud tenders are authentic as shit. They're mm -hmm. the most authentic people that I've ever come across from a personal standpoint and from a business standpoint, and especially with their weed, right? Mm -hmm. they, are, they are not going to buy a celebrity brand because there's a celebrity behind it. They're going to buy it because it's fire and it speaks to them. And if you as a brand can't speak to that bud tender, you're going to have a really hard time speaking to the most sought after consumer in cannabis, right? Which is the, the, the stoner for lack of better terms. Like I'm raise my hand. I'm right there with you. Right. And that consumer is the most authentic shopper I have ever seen in any category and in any consumer package, good um, segment of the market I've ever seen period. Right. Mm -hmm. They are so loyal and authentic to this plant. Right. And this movement, that you you really should think twice about going with this highly you know premium product and think about going after the person that's smoking heavily and you can build a real business around. Absolutely, I mean that's at the end of the day, and I think a lot of companies miss that, right? Like the can of curious gets so much hype online, and it's like marketing to a group that hasn't quite committed to using the, the, the products. Kind of seems a little weird to have that much focus. I do understand the future growth. But in that quest, so many people go that way rather than skewing towards the other side of the spectrum of the people that buy an eighth every other day or buy, you know, a 500 milligrams of gummies every week. Yeah, that's not me. Um, I stumbled upon a uh, it was called Major. It's one of our products. Mm -hmm. We had a big party at my house for our two year anniversary and, and Major, you know, Major from Washington, right? Yep, yep, yep. Mm, I had my first 100 milligram beverage. Uh, that was that was interesting uh, for sure. I don't know how I could how these people do the, the hundred milligrams, but um, I got through it. Um, it wasn't pretty, but I got through it. Man. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's you know that's a, the weird nuance thing of right. Like in Washington, the hundred milligram is our top seller. It doesn't matter if it's coming in the shot or the full drink. That's like the the most sales volume in Washington. 
And I know I'm not quite sure where they're at, but you see like California obviously can with their 2.5, their five milligram does well. I know the hundred milligrams still does really well, but it's, it's unique seeing these different markets and how the, the consumers, you know, like the Canon Curious in Washington, like that would be a fucking horrendous demographic to go after because they have no sales volume. And, and in California, I think there's it's there a little that. bit in California. I honestly, um, they're doing it the best out of all of them for sure. And they're really everybody's best friends. I mean, everybody should be rooting for can because mm -hmm. they are spending the most money to bring more consumers into the market. Right. And, and, and you should applaud them. We should all applaud them for doing that because it's a hub to educate people and then drive them into a mm -hmm. new type of shopping experience, which is the dispensary. I believe firmly that if beverages were allowed in grocery stores, that can would be a top five beverage in all, in the entire country, all drinks. It doesn't matter because mm. they are some of the best marketers that I have seen. The challenge right now is just the channel. I mean, you're only mm. going to get so many can of curious folks, right, to go in there. I mean, my mom is a perfect example. She likes the can, right? Number one, she's only drinking like one every six months. That's a problem for, you know, she's not the most sought after consumer. But she's not going to the dispensary to get it. Right? right, she's calling right. me or somebody to get it if she ever needs it. So when my mom and other folks like that are comfortable going into the dispensary, that's when you're going to see it really take off. Um, but I'm hopeful that one day we'll see those type of beverages, especially the low dose, probably have a better op opportunity sooner to get into uh, mainstream retail. Absolutely, and that's a great point. You know, I think anytime someone grows or goes that mainstream, people start throwing rocks. It's like the Yankee syndrome. You know, once you start winning, you know, people root for the underdog. They hate for the people that are on top. But I, from a distance, I was such a big fan of their rollout. I mean, I just remember. I don't even know how I caught it because I don't watch this uh, regularly. But I saw Ellen talking about it on her show. And like the way she plugged it, hey, don't was like, lie. You're, you're like afternoon nap. And you know, sometimes, some you know, shout out Ellen. You know, I, you know, even though she got yeah. those reports for being mean or whatever, I still is still there's someone on my bucket list to meet. But anyway, she she was like plugging it, but she plugged it in a way where she was like, oh, it's got weed in it. Don't even worry. Like, I don't even, you know, I don't even do weed, but it's so low. Done. And she just communicated so eloquently and perfect and naturally that, hey, this is not. This is safe. This is cool. We gotta get Ellen on respect my region, man. Oh, yeah. We gotta call. We gotta get. I'm gonna call Luke. If, if anybody can get Ellen on respect my region, it's it's Luke from Can. Oh, you know he's probably got her in uh, in his cell phone. Let, let me know. I mean, you know she she's got a little bit of image repair she needs to do. Maybe maybe we could help. Respect man. my region. Just... Here to repair images all over the, all over the country. <laughs> we can we can we can help. You know, um, on on this, you know, obviously we we've talked about a couple different things, right? Uh. That, that what you guys are doing and the importance, not just what, how you guys are helping, but the importance. So whether people work with you or not, some, a lot of the stuff that you are providing is absolutely necessary for brands to use and establish. Um, what are some of those, like if someone, and it could be rehashing some of the things we talked about, but someone's again, launching a brand, launching a new product SKU. What are some of those things in such a saturated market? What are those like key components, almost in order for you that you feel like they need to get to have a successful launch? Yeah. Number one, most important, bar none, you don't have anything, right? Unless you, in, if, if you don't have differentiation, okay? If you're not differentiated, you are going to race yourself to the bottom. So one way to perform, you have to be differentiated from your, your competition. And if I, how are you different than these, these three brands that are in the same category as you, you better quickly be able to answer that question or you're going to struggle. 
Like plain and simple, you will struggle because buyers do not need another eighth. They do not need another pre-roll. They do not need another beverage, right? They are good. So you better be different and have a differentiated product. I'll tell you what, man. I don't know if you've seen these things, but I just, I was, I was at a, I just slightly picked up these Lowell 35s. Have you seen this? Huh. Um, I'm in Chicago. I was just with George Allen, who's the chairman there. And I picked one up and I'm not going to lie. Like these are kind of, they kind of look pretty sick. And um, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. So this is a differentiated product. Um, it's like a skinny cigarette, um, but feels craft and still on brand for Lowell. So I, I was very, I was interested about this and, and I, I'm happy I ran to him. And I was, I was pleasantly surprised. The smoke was good. The burn was good. Um, and I think it's going to be a differentiated product in the, in, in, in the space. Uh, we don't represent Lowell, uh, but I think uh, I was interested to see this. And, and they've been making a lot of hype about it. It's coming. But differentiation, man. We, we have too many brands. And if you can't spend the time to differentiate the product from one way or another, you're going to struggle. Uh, and then number two. I don't know that there really is competition in this space. Like we can all win. Like if you got a good product, if you got a, a good partner, we can all win um, in this space. Like there are no necessarily winners yet, right? Mm -hmm. Like the game just started. And I think working together, I think partnering with people that will help each other. And I think partnering with folks that have good culture and, and good positivity and good energy, because this thing is hard enough. And uh, we're really looking for that in, in brands that are, are going to be a good partner and work together with folks. No, I, I, I love that, man. You got, you got to stand out. Like you said, they, we don't, the last thing we need is another eighth. It's got to be different. And, you know, may, maybe in the future, I, I know like alcohol, people are very much like, uh, for whatever reason, like brand, like people will drink a certain vodka, a certain tequila, and they won't want to stray from that cannabis I don't know if we'll get to that point because even the people like me that have been smoking for 10, 20 years at a high level, seeking the best of the best, whether it was unbranded and I was just going to growers or now with brands, I'm on a never ending quest to find something else that I like. And it's not to desert my go to's. It's just that I constantly want new flavors like I, I want to see new things. And I think there's a very unique component of that in cannabis. Maybe, maybe edibles and some of those other categories don't have that as like a flower or a rosin or something like that. Right. But I, I feel like there's some unique components to cannabis where we're, we're, we are brand, you know, pledge allegiance to a brand, but that does not mean that we should on or do not explore other brands. Yeah. I think the only, the only other thing that is consistent with the brands that have been successful, um, not only with us, but the, the ones that I've seen across kind of the industry is really management teams and leadership. Um, you know, there's been so many horror stories in the in the space. Um, this is this is super challenging. Cash flow is is more challenging in cannabis than any other industry for a variety of reasons. And um, we can tell within two weeks of like, is your management team like up to snuff to be able to handle the type of um, ups and downs that you're about to go through? Right. And um, the, the type of management that that has success is inclusive, bringing people together um, and, and and really working as partners in, in a true sense of the word. Awesome. Awesome, man. I, I appreciate you, Jason, for 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 joining us today, blessing us with some 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 game, especially on, you know, this the Calif some stuff that's, I think, unique to 
are not unique to just California, but obviously you have great experience in one of the most competitive marketplaces that exists in, in cannabis. Um, you know, for more people looking for more information, pedalfast.com. Is there anything that you want to plug or, or what you guys got coming up for 22 and beyond before I get you up out of here? Arizona, Michigan, Massachusetts. We're going to be launching in the next 90 days. Um, brands, employees, um, you know, we're out there hiring um, like crazy and uh, we're building a portfolio and, and building our systems in each one of those regions. Where there is pain, PedalFast is coming to help. Um, and, and typically what I mean by that is when prices drop, when your margins get cut, when you're under pressure to grow your brands, right? That's the type of market that we're looking to come into um, and we're here to help. So um, I'm super pumped to, um, to be a part of the team at PedalFast. And, and uh, I'll tell you what, man, I, I, I told some folks today, um, I've, I've always been uh, unbelievably impressed with, with you and Joey and, and you guys are um, OGs in every sense of the word, like Washington OGs, like they're different, right? That, that's a real OG. And uh, to see what you guys have done and to see how you guys have uh, kept your authenticity um, with that and then also uh, been able to professionalize yourselves um, and build a real business and a real audience and a real following. Um, I'm, I'm a super fan and uh, wish you guys all the best. I'm unbelievably humbled by that, Jason. Really appreciate that, man. You're welcome. We are here to keep rocking. This is a North American weed tour. We're looking at the best in legal cannabis across the map. I got one more podcast episode coming up here at, I think, 3 p.m. to knock out three today. I'm three-peating like the Lakers in the early 2000s. Um, you know, so stay tuned for more content. This is Jason Bogatsky of Pedal Fast. Thank you for joining us, Jason. Uh, we'll be back at you guys with more content soon.